Former Mizzou defensive end Trey John Jeffcoat is now an Arkansas Razorback. We're allowed to make fun of him for this, right? Plus, Missouri takes on Ole Miss in the basketball court. Big time matchup. I have it all previewed for you. Coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou. Your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And speaking of today, a big-time matchup again for the Missouri Tigers on the basketball court tonight. I think not a must-win, but pretty darn close for Missouri, in my opinion. But, you know what, let's start off with the football field, even though it is the offseason. I thought it was just fairly amusing. Trey John Jeffcoat, of course, a couple weeks ago, I was saying, hey, it will be nice to have him back on the depth before the defensive line next year. He announced he was coming back to Missouri, but, oh wait, just kidding, he entered the transfer portal. And apparently at that moment, he was no longer welcome back at Missouri. And understandably so, Trey John ends up going to the Arkansas Razorbacks. No, not following Barry Odom, who is now, of course, the head coach at Nevada, Las Vegas. But Trey John putting on the Razorback colors, throwing out the recruiting the recruiting pictures and all that good stuff. Boy, those kids, they just love those, those photo shoots, don't they? Again, am I making fun of Trey John here a little bit? Yes, I am. And damn it, as a Missouri fan, I feel like I'm entitled to do so. And here's the deal. I saw some people in a Power Mizzou thread just now. A few people made some, some funny jokes at Trey John's defense. I won't share them with you here. But then, of course, a couple people jump in, as they often do. These are the people I'm starting to get annoyed with, the people who feel the need to defend college football players online. Listen, don't get me wrong. If you're tweeting at Trey John Jeffcoat or direct messaging him or emailing him, whatever it is you're doing, and you're saying something that you wouldn't say to his face in person, well, then yeah, that's that's a horrible look, and you are a bit of a coward, in my opinion. But if you're just talking amongst other Missouri message board fans in your own little space, whatever it might be, an email thread, guess what? We're allowed to make some jokes at his expense. He's a big boy, by the way. He's 22 years old. He's not a child. And by the way, these guys are making money now. They're practically professional athletes at this point. If we're allowed to make fun of LeBron James when he was 22, well, Trey John can take a few arrows himself. Again, I'm not saying tweet at Trey John or be a jerk or anything like that. If you see him in real life, you wouldn't do that. I guarantee it. So, don't do it on the internet either. Let's all be polite and all that stuff. But I don't know, just the keyboard social justice warriors online, for, for lack of a better term there, you just feel the need to rush to everybody's, all the players' defense, no matter what question, no matter what decision they make, no matter if it's, if it's something that hurts their favorite team or not. They're basically like, oh, come on, just support the guy and wish him luck, all that kind of stuff, as if 
okay, fine. What are we doing here then? What is the point of all that? You're basically one degree removed from the lady who sarcastically puts on a t-shirt and goes to a sporting event that says, I hope both teams just have fun. Well, if you don't have any rooting interest in this stuff, then what exactly is the point? Because 90% of plus sports fans do have a rooting interest, and the people that don't understand this, uh, do you need therapy or something? Do you need uh, maybe a book to understand how other human beings work? I don't know. I, I find that sort of thing bizarre. Again, I'm not talking about people who actually try to you know, bully players online or something. I'm talking about people having a discussion on a private premium message board, by the way. They're allowed to blow off some steam and, and make some fun. There was nothing out of bounds here whatsoever. Now, of course, on the field, there's also been a good bit of debate on how much this really hurts Missouri or hurt or helps Arkansas for that matter. Well, I think at a certain point, you can you can wish that Trey John Jeffcoat will turn into the all SEC first team player that he was during the abridged 2020 campaign. But boy, it's been an awful long time now since 2020, believe it or not. Sometimes that COVID stuff seems to be right in the back of our minds even to this day in a lot of cases. But 2020, it's been a while, guys. 2021, 2022, Jeffcoat just has not, fr- frankly, been the same player that he was that season. And I think all you really needed to see was that Isaiah McGuire and, of course, the transfer from the lower levels, DJ Coleman quite easily surpassed him in terms of reps, playing time, and production last season. But, of course, if you're Arkansas, you're telling yourself, well, maybe they can coach him up and get him back to the player he was, you know, just two seasons removed from that. If that's how you want to play it, understood, but it didn't seem like Missouri, if you just sort of read the tea leaves, was too broken up necessarily about losing Jeffcoat. From my perspective, I thought it'd be better to have him on the team than not. A guy who knows your system, knows what you want to do in terms of defensive line technique. But again, a guy who hasn't been overly productive the last couple seasons. So, you know, maybe move him up, move him out. I guess that's the new world of college football. And speaking of a whole new world, well, the NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for the Locked On Network because they're the number one sports book in America, and that's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, well, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money lines to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can combine your favorite bets for a chance at an even bigger payout with a same-game parlay. And I tell you, there's been some huge line movement on the Kansas City Chiefs game already. The Chiefs actually now are one-and-a-half-point underdogs against Cincinnati. And and frankly, I think that's fair. I think the people at FanDuel are on to that. That's a serious injury for Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be a real challenge for him to get past Cincinnati. But I tell you, over at FanDuel, regardless of what you're into, 
All you know, all you need to know is it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and really easy to use as well. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get 150 bucks in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thanks again for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. Make sure you check out the brand new Locked On College Basketball, everything you need to know about college hoops in one place. Plus hear from the big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players too. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get audio podcasts as well. And of course, Speaking of college hoops, Missouri traveling to Oxford, Mississippi tonight, take on the Ole Miss Rebels. One thing to know, Kobe Brown did make the trip. Does that mean he's playing? I have absolutely no idea. I think we'll probably maybe have a better idea, maybe an hour and a half before the game, a couple hours. Dave Matter will probably let us know if Kobe's warming up. Looks like he's going through the warm-ups, that type of deal. We'll probably know about then, but until then, I wouldn't expect any huge breaking news. Also, in terms of some changes we could see tonight, I really wouldn't be shocked whatsoever if if Dennis Gates changes up his lineup a little bit. In fact, number one, I could see Ronnie DeGray heading back to the bench. He just hasn't played a whole lot lately. I, I think his maybe lack of offense, especially in terms of shooting the basketball, has been exposed a tiny bit. And also, I just wouldn't be shocked if Isaiah Mosley is inserted into the starting lineup tonight. I really think Missouri could use that boost offensively, and I also just think for his confidence, it probably wouldn't hurt either. He's the type of player, I guarantee you, he expects to be starting and playing a ton of minutes. Well, Maybe his conditioning isn't quite there yet, but you know I, I like the idea of starting him pretty soon, if not tonight, sooner rather than later, and getting him really back into the full field because I, I, and regardless if he starts or not, just at a certain point he needs to be playing about 30 minutes a night, I think. He's just that good. He's got the look, and while he may be over, maybe he's hit one three-pointer all season, those things have been in and out. You can tell he's a good shooter despite his rather unorthodoxed shooting style. I just think the guy's got it, and not only his 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 shooting and scoring, but his playmaking and passing as well is just tremendous. He's just a natural offensive player. You can just tell it for sure. And so, to me, start Isaiah tonight, maybe jumpstart a Missouri offense that's just been bad lately. And I don't think they've necessarily played bad basketball, per se, in a lot of ways. They've taken okay shots, but boy, we just cannot make a three-pointer lately. And I don't know, just maybe just change the chemistry a tiny bit in terms of that starting lineup and maybe go with four guards at the start of the game if Kobe Brown can't play either. Now, if you're an Ole Miss basketball fan, you kind of have to be wondering, or at least asking yourself, wait a second, we fired Andy Kennedy for this? Now, here's the thing about Andy Kennedy. You go back and look at his resume. One of the most bizarre things I've ever seen, 12 years at Ole Miss, 10 times Andy Kennedy won at least 19 games. 
you know, back in the day, 20 games, well, that was a pretty good barometer for making the NCAA tournament or not. But somehow, in those 10 seasons, the Rebels only made the NCAA tournament twice. That is absolutely incredible. Maybe without precedent in a big-time league. Now, I understand the SEC has gotten better in recent years, but my goodness, Rebels, maybe juice up the non-conference schedule a little bit. But after a good start, 2019, Kermit Davis, the Rebels make the tournament as a number eight seed. Well, three of the last four years have been pretty bad, including this one. Ole Miss off to a one and six start here in the league, just nine and 10 overall. This is a game that on paper is going to be almost a toss up, but I'm telling you right now, I know this. it's always tough on the road. This is a game where Missouri needs to win. It's going to be an early start on a Tuesday night. Not exactly the most intimidating atmosphere in the world. If Missouri doesn't win this one. I'm going to start getting a tiny bit worried about the season. You got Iowa State, a really good Iowa State team coming to town, coming to Columbia here on Saturday. I just want to get through this part of the schedule with one more road victory in conference, and I'll just be feeling a lot better about things. Now, for the Rebels specifically, definitely expect Matthew Morrell to play basically the entire game. Now, the Rebels have dipped into their bench a good bit, but Morrell is the one guy who's basically going to play as long as the game is within question. He's going to take a lot of shots, too. And But here's the thing. He takes a lot of three-pointers and only makes him at about a 30% clip, so he's not particularly efficient, although the junior guard can definitely score the basketball and get to the line. I think he's almost become a bit of a victim of this three-point era that we're in. If he just dialed back those threes a little bit, I actually think Morrell, who's probably Ole Miss's best player, would be, would be a more interesting and effective player, in my humble opinion. Now, as far as the overall game and matchup goes, the Rebels are prone to turnovers, and they play at a fairly slow place. pace. Excuse me. If Missouri can get this game sped up to its liking, I, I think they'll win. I think they'll get the Rebels a little bit frazzled with the basketball. You know, hopefully, like Missouri was able to do to Kentucky and Illinois at times. I haven't seen quite as much as much of that defensively in terms of just total disruption lately and of course against Missouri which promises to be an undersized team or at least have a size disadvantage for most of the rest of the season rebounding is always going to be a concern and well we'll miss a pretty good rebounding team 41st nationally just in terms of offensive rebounding percentage so they do like to crash the glass that's something Missouri always has to be mindful of in my humble opinion I don't think that just because Missouri plays fast and Ole Miss plays relatively slow, I, th- I would imagine you'll still see Ole Miss crashing the glass tonight and, and not just falling back and, and, and try in, a, in an attempt to slow the game down. That just doesn't seem to be their modus operandi. And coming up a little bit more on the Rebels, including a senior transfer for them who is the best player, arguably an NAIA basketball last season you don't see that kind of jump often so this player is interesting to me let's talk about him right after these quick words travel back with me if you will some 20 years to the 2003-2004 Missouri basketball team ah yes a very talented group that included Ricky Paulding 
Linus Claza, Arthur Johnson, Trayvon Bryant, but notably not really a true point guard on that roster, at least not an effective a true point guard. Well, at the time, I happened to be covering Columbia College basketball, and just down the road, I always thought, you know, there's this kid who plays for Columbia College. He's really, really good. His name's Kamari Ballard, and I thought, I think this guy could actually help Missouri out. I really do. But you know what? Jumping from NAIA to NCAA basketball, especially at the highest level, the high major level, like the Big 12 or the Southeastern Conference, that just doesn't happen very often. So that makes Miles Burns for Ole Miss a really intriguing player to watch to me. And just in the little bit I've seen of him, he's a really athletic player, number one, six foot six, had a beautiful highlight reel steal and dunk playing in their last game against Arkansas. Again, this is his senior year at Ole Miss. After coming from NAIA, this is his first year playing Division I basketball, much less SEC basketball. Led his team to a national championship, if I didn't already say that. But so far this year, just 3 of 32 from downtown. So certainly a bit of an adjustment there. Seems like a good defender, though. Gets a lot of steals, gets his hands in there, an active player. I don't know. I, I just enjoy watching him because as a guy who obviously got a ton of shots at his last stop in NAIA, he seems to have acclimated well as being a role player impressively. And I, those are the type of players a lot of times that are some of my favorites, guys who can acclimate without having the basketball constantly. If you have to have the basketball constantly to be good, well, to me, that's a problem. There's only one basketball, five players you know, nine or ten guys maybe playing. To me, that's a real negative, not a positive. And finally, I would also point out that Jamin Brakefield happens to be the Rebels' best three-point shooter percentage-wise, although he hasn't hit a ton of them. He also happens to be the Rebels' starting center as well. So that'll be something to keep an eye on, how Missouri defends that particular young man on the perimeter. Really, other than him, I think you can kind of sag off on the Rebels and, and let them try to beat you from downtown. Now, that's a little bit more of a risky proposition on, at, on the road. You do that, do that to a team who's playing at home. They see, tend, to, tend to do a little bit better on your home gym, right? Just like on your home basketball court or your home golf course or whatever it might be. So that is a little bit more of a risky proposition, but I think there's plenty of guys, including the previously mentioned Miles Burns from the NAI ranks, you got to let him shoot a three. He's he's 10% from downtown. Dare him to three. Dare him to shoot. I think, you know, lay off him 10 feet, sort of like Eric Musselman did to Ronnie DeGray a few games ago. And thanks, as always, for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen. Once again, for your second listen, check out the brand new Locked On College Basketball, the big name experts, coaches, players throughout the hoops landscape. That's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and thanks for listening to Locked On Mizzou. Locked On Mizzou.